Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, Truth Seekers. You're listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com, and I'm your host, Michael Fordham. If you just click the link on my webpage or you're listening on blogtalkradio.com or even the Blog Talk Radio player on my Facebook page and you want to call in live, look, we'd love to talk with you. So give us a call. The number is 347-326-9470. Oh, need a minute to get something to write with? But don't worry, I'll give the number again right after the commentary. Or if you like, you can Twitter me your questions and comments at twitter.com slash a measure of truth. Also, if you haven't yet, why don't you look me up on Facebook? I'm the Michael Fordham with a photo of me in studio, and you can always email me your questions and comments at a measure of truth at gmail.com. Look, we got a great show for you today. We'll be right back after this. A few weeks ago on my way home, I was stopped at the traffic light just before entering my neighborhood. And I was thinking to myself just how much better my commute was than it was the day before. Earlier that week, I took my usual shortcut behind the mayor's office, and my wife and I saw Mayor Adrian Fenty in his new smart car. He waved to my wife and I, but I couldn't get my camera out fast enough, and I missed a great photo opportunity. So on Thursday, being better prepared... I tried again, but the weather was bad, and of course, so was the traffic, and I got stuck behind the mayor's office for over 20 minutes. When I got home, I was so beat, I went straight to my office and got myself a 40-minute acupressure infrared heat massage, 
and that brought me back to life. But today, traffic was a breeze. At the traffic light, I happened to look over to the car next to mine, and I saw a beautiful three-year-old little girl staring out of the window from her car seat in a daze. I smiled as I thought about how wonderfully simple our lives were back then when we were children. Then she noticed me and she smiled back, and I looked away to see if the light had changed, and when I looked back again, I smiled and saw her looking at me, and then she started laughing hysterically, only the way a three-year-old could. So I laughed, and she laughed, and the light turned green, and I waved goodbye and proceeded home. As I was driving, I thought to myself, if that would have occurred yesterday, even after my 90 minutes in traffic, that would have been all I needed to snap me back to life. A three-year-old smile versus my expensive massage bed. The kid wins every time. On the drive through my neighborhood, I had an epiphany. How many things have I placed in my life to make up for not taking the time to really enjoy all the simple things life has to offer? Well, I'm sure I'm not the only one. Many of us have forgotten how to enjoy and appreciate the little things or even the small steps of our accomplishments or the little likes in our relationships or the small things that bring us joy in the pursuit of things that would bring us greater happiness. We have become impatient and always looking ahead to the thing that we perceive to be the source of our happiness. Webster's defines joy as the emotion evoked by well-being, success, or good fortune, or by the prospect of possessing what one desires. Look, be careful in life that you do not lose your joy. Research shows that if you do, loss of good health is not far behind. Take time out to enjoy the little things in life. Rejoice in reliving life's joys through sharing them often with others. And take a moment to relax in your moment of peace through your joy instead of the empty pursuit of pleasure. If you ever lose sight of life's joy, take every step in your power to reclaim it as soon as possible. Your first step to reclaim true joy in life is just to look to God. He's always willing to show us his glory to all who are willing to seek. Just take a moment and look around you, and you will see his joy everywhere. But if you still need a starting point, look in the eyes of a child. The younger, the better. There you will find true joy, or in other words, joy and a measure of truth. Hi, I'm Michael Fordham, host of A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. I want to take a quick minute to talk to you about Young Lives DC 34. Young Lives is a unique, cutting-edge, nonprofit Christian organization designed to empower and equip pregnant and parenting teen moms to become productive citizens in the community, a program that partners teens and mature Christian women to provide teen girls in crisis with timely encouragement, guidance, and ongoing support. Through the power of presence, Kids and teens' lives are dramatically impacted when caring adults come alongside them, sharing God's love. Because someone believes in them, they begin to see that their lives have great worth, meaning, and purpose. This is just the first step in a lifelong journey. The choices they make today, based on God's love for them, 
will impact their future decisions, the careers they choose, the marriages they form, and the families they raise. And all of this can be traced back to the time when a young life leader reached out and entered their world. For more information or to get involved, check out their webpage at www.younglives.younglife.org. Or if you're in the D.C. metropolitan area, call 202-399-7017. Welcome back, Truth Seekers. You're listening to A Mentor of Truth on blogtalkradio.com, and I'm your host, Michael Fordham. And if you just click the link on my webpage or you're listening on blogtalkradio.com or even the Blog Talk Radio player on my Facebook page and you want to call in live, look, we'd love to talk with you. So give us a call. The number is 347-326-9470. Or if you like, you can Twitter me your questions and comments at a measure of truth at gmail.com. Also, if you haven't yet, why don't you look me up on Facebook? I'm the Michael Fordham with a photo of me in studio. And you can always send me messages at twitter.com slash a measure of truth. And look, we've got a great show for you today. We're running into a little bit of technical difficulties with getting Pastor Eddie on, but we will see if we can't work those things out and have him back on for the next segment. Next up, a man on the street edition where I was on my way home and ran into the Wienermobile on the street. And if you haven't figured out what that is yet, uh, I think you'll get the drift after this. Ready now. Okay. Hi, this is Michael Fordham, and we're doing another Man on the Street edition of A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. And I'm talking with Mary-Kate DeCosi, and she's driving the Oscar Mayer Mobile. I guess that's what you would call this contraption. What is that, Mary <laughs> It's the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. It's been around since 1936, and there have been between 10 and 12 different versions of the Wienermobile since then. Um, the two oldest versions are no longer in existence. However, the oldest one you can see is the 1952 Wienermobile, and that's in the Henry Ford Museum in Detroit, Michigan. And right now in 2010, there are six Wienermobiles driving around the country. The one that is right here in Washington, D.C. is a 2004 Wienermobile, and then there are two 2009 Wienermobiles on the road as well. Wow. Well, <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about Good Mood Mission and about the mission of Good Mood Mission. Yeah, it's a great thing that Oscar Mayer has paired with Feeding America, and we donated 2 million pounds of food to Feeding America, which helps all hungry Americans in the United States. And if you go to goodmoodmission.com and you just finish the sentence as to why you're in a good mood, then Oscar Mayer will actually donate another pound of food every time you say why you're in a good mood. Wow. So you don't have to donate money and you don't have to donate food. We're just trying to spread good moods around the country. And by doing so, Oscar Mayer donates food to Feeding America. Oh, sort of like another take on random acts of kindness, exactly. but um, yep. with more of a purpose. Yeah, awesome. definitely. And that. it's also great because Kristen Chenoweth, um, and also Ty Burrell. So two celebrities have been a huge part with helping us with this. Um, Kristen was a celebrity guest host on American Idol. She's been on Broadway and Wicked. Um, and then Ty Burrell, of course, is the father on Modern Family. Um, so he's nice. very popular. <laughs> also a fellow Penn Stater. Um, so he's a great, great guy. Oh, okay. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Very good. So what's next for you guys? And, and tell us about the um, this tour of America or the, the cities that you guys are doing. Yeah. In. So the way it works is with the six Wienermobiles traveling the country, there are 12 hot doggers. So two hot doggers per Wienermobile. And we're in one region of the country for six months, and then we switch regions and switch co-workers. So my partner, 
Dijon John and myself have been on the East Coast uh, since January. And I've been to 28 states in one year. Um, so it's wow. been an absolutely incredible experience. I can't imagine spending my year after college any other way. Um, I've actually, in the first seven months, saw 14 out of the 15 states I had never seen before. So it was really cool to see a whole new part of the country. Um, I absolutely fell in love with the Northwest and the people out there. And it's so fun being back here on the East Coast where I'm from and showing family and friends the Wienermobile um, and <laughs> just seeing their reactions to it. So it's, it's been a blast. Wow, yeah. yeah. It is very amazing looking. It looks sort of <laughs> spacey and yeah. whimsical at the same time. Is it, is it difficult to drive? It's actually not at all. We went to two weeks of training. It's called Hot Dog High. And um, <laughs> we have t-shirts that say Hot Dog High alums. And <laughs> during those two weeks, we learned media training, crisis training, driver's training. We had over 40 hours on the road. Um, so we had lots of fun with that. They actually have us get two vans for rental cars and we black out the windows with newspapers and we have to go through a driving course with the vans twice and pass it and then we do it with the wienermobile twice since you obviously can't see out the back of the oh, wienermobile no so that really in the helps back us. Or anything? there is a camera in the back but the other hot dogger actually gets out and helps the other person reverse so we don't even really use the backup camera i see yeah gotcha. And um, besides that, how does it handle on the road? Really well. We came down to D.C. <laughs> the other night and pouring down rain, and it was fine. Um, oh. We're usually driving during the day. We've got windshield wipers. Yeah. Um, it's really good in the snow. So oh, really? Yeah. A, uh, yeah. Well, it looks very aerodynamic. It's aerodynamic, actually. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it just keeps getting better. It does. <laughs> yeah. Wow, so I'm sure you guys get a lot of attention, maybe cause a couple of traffic jams, and I'm sure the kids love it. Yeah, yeah. some and of our favorite reactions come not only from the children, but also from 70 and 80 year olds who remember it from yeah. back in the day. Right. Um, and we know that we're making people's days and sometimes even their weeks, and mm -hmm. we've had so many people come up to us throughout this year saying, you know, I'm having a really bad day or a really bad week and you've just totally made me smile and we know that that's one of the best parts of our job. Wow. Now, does the horn play the Oscar Mayer Wiener song? <laughs> it does. The, oh. <laughs> the actual horn is the actual horn is just a horn on the steering wheel and then oh, we have a okay. button to the left that oh. plays the first line of the jingle. Can you do that? <laughs> Please, please, I please. I can yes. Okay. Do you want me to do it for this? Yes, yes. I okay. want to record that. I'm going to pause so you're for just a wanna, second. Okay. Okay. Give <laughs> me a thumbs up when you're ready. All right, I'm ready. Oh, I wish I were an Oscar Mayer wiener. Oh, I wish I were an Oscar Mayer wiener. Awesome. for any of your events, just email that website. Oh, awesome. Wow. Well, one of the charities I'm working with, they're having a walkathon <laughs> coming up very shortly. So maybe I you know. guys could actually come down for that. That would be, yeah, that would be great. Yeah, just email that and tell our boss what, what uh, the event is, and they'll uh -huh. definitely be able to tell you. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you very no much. Problem. I appreciate, I appreciate you taking time out today. No problem. And again, this, was, okay. this one doesn't have your name on it. Mary Kate DeCourcy. <laughs> right, thank you, Mary no Kate. This has been Michael Fordham with another Man on the Street edition of A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. Sounds good. <laughs> thank you.
Welcome back, Truth Seekers. You're listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. We're still having some problems getting Pastor Eddie on. Not sure if he's going to be able to make it on for the show. I'm sorry if you've tuned in. I'm looking to hear from him. But we'll keep on working through this and see if we can't get this um, underway. Um, I'm getting a message now. And, oh, he is calling in now. So we'll probably take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Pastor Eddie right after this.
Hi, I'm Michael Fordham, host of A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. And I want to take a moment to talk to you about a heinous crime against humanity that plagues our nation. And yes, believe it or not, communities just like yours. Here's something you can do today to lend your support in the fight against human trafficking, also known as modern slavery. For example, Tanya was only 11 when she was forced to use her body for her own survival and the perverse desires of others. Now 18, Tanya knows no other life. She can't even remember when she was able to choose how she wanted to dress. Tanya dreams of being a teacher one day, and with the help of Bridge to Freedom programs and your support, they can empower her and others like her to move from surviving to thriving. You can make a huge difference in the life of a survivor this year through your support and donations to Bridge to Freedom Foundation. Bridge to Freedom is a nonprofit organization that provides aid to survivors of slavery who now live in the U.S., such as former child soldiers and victims of sex trafficking and forced labor. The cornerstone of Bridge to Freedom's work is personal and professional development to help survivors adapt and thrive in their new lives and communities and find work to support themselves. The Bridge to Freedom Foundation needs your support to help people just like Tanya. They need your urgent action to ensure that they can continue to provide clothing and health and beauty services to these survivors. These are not only important for rebuilding self-esteem, but are crucial to finding employment. They're also in great need of storage containers and clothing racks to organize and store donations. While donations of needed items are vital, one sure thing that will help to stop the spread of this injustice and prevent it from thriving undetected is educating yourselves about human trafficking or slavery and knowing the signs and the proper authorities to contact if you become aware of a victim in crisis. Find out more at bridgetofreedomfoundation.org or if you have a reason to suspect that someone may be a victim of human trafficking, please call the National Human Trafficking Resource Center hotline on 1-888-373-7888. Multilingual call specialists are on standby 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. All calls are confidential.
If I may paraphrase Stephen King, the most important things are the hardest things to say. These are the things you feel ashamed of because mere words only diminish the thought. You see, words shrink things that seem limitless when they were in our hearts and minds to no more than just life-size when they're brought out into the open. Oh, but it's more than that, isn't it? You see, the most important things lie too close to wherever your secret heart is buried. Like landmarks to a treasure, your enemies would love to steal away and use against you at the worst possible moment. But still, you make revelations that cost you dearly, only to have people look at you in a funny way, not understanding what you said at all or why you thought that it was so important that you almost cried when you were saying it. Do you know what's even worse than that? Is when the secret stays locked within and you can't get it out. Not for one of the courage to talk about it, but for want of someone who will just listen. Just listen. A paraphrased quote from Stephen King's Different Seasons. You know, as someone who is always searching for the truth, the lesson that I've learned from this quote is, if you want the truth, you have to be prepared to release all judgments and be open enough to hear and accept the truth in whatever form it might take. Judgment alters the truth by changing how it's told or presented. Not accepting the truth stops the bearer from sharing the truth. Ignoring the truth kills ambition and is a recipe for disaster and makes success impossible. We all over the years have learned to guard ourselves from deception. But I've also come to realize that in most cases, you don't have to discover or discern the truth. You just have to let it be and see it for what it is. Maybe you two have a story. You know, it doesn't have to be just like one that we've heard before. Hey, I just want to let you know that I am here, and I'm willing to listen. And all I ask from you is a measure of truth. Hello, is this Pastor Eddie? No, this is actually Vincent Hunter with the NSDC. Okay, great. And um, Pastor Eddie, do I have you on the line? Yes, sir. Okay, finally. All right, sir. And we'll get back to you with Young Lives right after this. We'll keep you online, so we'll just address you as needed. Pastor Eddie, welcome to the show. We had some difficulties getting you on, but glad to see you made it. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Well, well, let's start off by talking a little bit about the event on this weekend. And um, also, sir, why don't you introduce yourself and let us know um, your association with Young Lives. Yes, I, my name is um, Pastor Eddie Patton, and certainly we do thank you, uh, Brother Fordham, for this, this, this venue of a measure of a truth. Um, I've been currently volunteering uh, with Young Lives for about the last seven years or so um, in several capacities from uh, mentoring programs as well as uh, spiritual ad- ad- guidance and advice. Um, 
And and Young Lives has been a very integral part of our ministries. I also am a pastor of a ministry in Woodbridge, Virginia called Weed and Tears Ministry. And so we come just to lend our support to uh, the, the moms there at Young Lives and just try to give them some encouragement as they're dealing with some of the difficult days ahead of teen pregnancy or just being a teen mom. No, oh, that's great, and, and it's an awesome program, and you you guys do just great work. It's phenomenal what you do with young girls, and um, we also have someone else online as well. I don't know if you recognize the voice, but could you introduce yourself, sir? Sure, I would love to. My name is Vincent Hunter. I'm actually on staff with Young Life D.C. in the Washington, D.C. area. Okay, great, and, and what's your role with Young Life? I am actually acting area director for the Northeast region of Young Life DC. We do um, most of the same things that Young Life does with teen moms, only we work with middle school and high school students. Oh, okay. Very good. Very good. And who wants to jump in and just tell us a little bit about the um, the event that just took place this weekend? Um, I, I can uh, talk. Again, this is Pastor Eddie. I can talk um, briefly. Uh, every year, Young Life DC um, put on a walkathon. Um, which helps to sponsor the young ladies to go to camp. And it, it costs uh, an, an average of about $400 to send a young, uh, young lady to camp, and that's normally a five-day period, uh, seven, five- to seven-day period, where they go and, and uh, get pampered, they, they get showered, and, and the glory of, of it is that they can take their kids as well. And so what we have done for the past four years or so is we've done a walkathon and we've tried to raise money. And this year there were probably 150 walkers, which I think all of the walkers uh, who came out to support, was about 150 in Fort Hunt Park in, in uh, Alexandria, Virginia. It was just a glorious time. The girls had a good time. And after the walk, uh, you know, we fellowshiped with some uh, hot dogs and hamburgers, and so it was just an all-out festive day that the young ladies received uh, great uh, encouragement from the ladies and the men. And I encourage the brothers that are out there, the men that are out there, spiritual men, to come out because these young ladies um, are really missing and they're void of, a father factor or they're void of a of a man factor in their life and we could certainly use your volunteerism. Yeah, that's great. And and it's such a worthy cause. I mean, I say this over and over again. If you want to get out there and make an impact in your community, if you start with children, you can't start a better place. And uh anything that helps the lives of families also impacts us all, you know, and um, it's, a, it's a great thing that you guys do, especially working with young girls who have found themselves in this situation without hope and being able to um, get them to a place where they are self-sufficient. And tell us a little bit more about that as well. Well, I, th I thank you because one of the things that, that I realize in getting involved with Young Lives is that teen pregnancy or pregnant moms um, affects every one of us from one point or another. And, and I say that because either we know someone who is a teen mom or we've had someone in our family who's a teen mom or we know somebody in the community who's a teen mom. And certainly by us getting involved, either we're going to deal with them at the level of their 
perhaps it was a mistake, perhaps it was a bad decision, perhaps it was a bad judgment, but we should not further convolute that situation by turning a deaf ear and a blind eye to the cries of these mothers who are now in the community and which if we don't pay them attention, you know, we certainly have seen where moms have taken their babies and thrown them into the trash can or they've left them right. on the doorpost. And, mm. and so by us getting involved, it's also strengthening our community because we are getting back to the very principles that, that it takes a village to raise a child. And even during these crises where a teen mom is dealing with the pressures of trying to raise a child, just having someone stand beside her, um, has proven to be instrumental in the lives of not only the teen mom, but we've watched some of the kids grow up as well. Right, and that's great. And um, I, I know that I met a young lady who had come up through the program who is actually um, probably by now a volunteer herself. Yes, we we have actually several of the young ladies, and I tell you that there's success stories um, throughout the program of young ladies who have come into the program who have worked their way up through the program, being teen moms themselves, who worked into the position of volunteers. And we actually have one young lady uh, right now who finished her high school education and is now in her second year in college. So there is successes that say you can have a child and you can still continue and complete your degree. And some of the mentoring um, that we help the young ladies with is not just the, the nursing, it's not just the parenting, but it's also, you know, how to get a job, how to prepare for an interview, how to dress for an interview, as well as now going back to get to receive your GED. We have about seven uh, or eight of the young ladies since I've been involved in the program who have gone back to high school at nighttime and have received mm. their high school diplomas. And so there are successes all throughout the program, but with, with one act of kindness by you and I and the community, it shows these young ladies that, yes, she too can make it even despite the fact that she's dealing with a child. Right, right. And and it's a shame that this is what happens when something like this, when a young girl finds herself in a situation when she's pregnant and, um, you know, everyone wants to point the finger and everyone wants to chastise her. And, you know, and it's so hard to find someone who can be calm about the situation and see it for it is and give them the support they need at the time they need it the most. And, again, right. you talked about some of these horrific stories that we've heard about um, young girls who have um, disposed of their child or, or done something just as horrible. And one of the reasons why is because they've got no one to turn to. Exactly. And, and you know, we, we talk about these issues, and again, I thank you for this forum, um, but I, I really talk from a measure of truth. Thank you for, for allowing me to say that, that mm -hmm. there are many churches in the area that will shun these individuals. And so there are some of these young ladies who don't even have a spiritual outlet because the churches, again, are looking and saying, you know, here you are, a 13-, 14-, 15-year-old young lady who's having a child. That's not the image that we want for our church. That's, that's not the image that we're trying to betray. But yet we have to understand that, God was a forgiving God who allowed us, and he looked beyond our faults, and yet he met us right there at a need. But 
again, when you have these young ladies who are finding that there is nowhere to turn, then unfortunately they're turning back to the streets and instead of them becoming smarter, instead of them becoming better, they're becoming hardened and they're becoming hardened to the fact that it's hard to reach them. But nonetheless, you know, we are consistent uh, in our faith that we will reach every girl who comes. So there's always an opportunity. The doors are never closed to a young lady who comes to the program. And, uh, Michael, if I could just put out a plea and, and remind your listeners today that for every mother, for every teen mother that's out there with a child, there's a teen father or there's a father that's out there as well that we need to also reach so that mm. they can understand their responsibilities. Right, right. And, and again, um, the first step in doing that is to help them to understand that there is a way to address this mistake and that they can move forward in this, that, you know, they can pick up the pieces and make, you know, a life for their child, regardless of, you know, whether or not they feel that they need a relationship with the mother, they can still start with the child. Yes. And and that is one of the things, you know, again, that we try to um, reinforce even to the mother, even if the relationship is strained with the father. One of the very things, as, as one of the spiritual counselors, one of the very first things that I remind every teen mother is that children are an inheritance to God. And so regardless if they think it was a mistake, I always remind them that the Bible says and children are inheritance of God. And that's one thing that you ought to be proud of. And and then we try to build their esteem from there. And, and yet one of the things that we often get is, well, you know, this guy, he won't do this and he won't and nobody will make him do. And And we try to reinforce the fact that, you you would have to continue to do for your child despite what he does for you. And your love is not predicated, your love for your child is not predicated on his love for you. True. And so we, we, you know, we try to reinforce that, that God loves you beyond whatever has ever happened and you should never find yourself in a situation where your love for your child is predicated on how the man loves you. Hmm. Wow. That's very true. And I can see how a, a young girl who is trying to get back to where she was to make this thing right in her own mind would, would try to work it out for both the relationship of the father and the relationship that they have with the father as well. Not just the child, but their relationship with the father and i guess when it gets to a certain point you really have to um look at what's most important exactly and and that is the thing um that you know we continue to to try and emphasize is that this child is going to need nurturing this child is going to need love and this child is going to need care for the rest of his or her life and as the primary caregiver Um, It is your responsibility to meet that very need. But let us not be remiss to know that statistics have shown that most of these young girls who are dealing with being a single single mother are coming from broken homes, are coming from 
seeing right. broken relationships themselves. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. we're dealing with the dichotomy that says that they've been around this in many cases. They've been around it. They were products of single-family homes and now themselves are now fostering single-family homes. And it's hard to really instill in them that they can break this curse or, you know, they can break this thing that's in their life. But when we're looking at it and we're dealing with it, a lot of the questions that we get from the young ladies is, well, why doesn't he, meaning the young man or in some cases the old man, why doesn't he love me the way I want him to love me? Are you there? Yes, sir. Okay, yeah, we we lost you right at the young man. Yeah, and so what happens is a, a lot of these young ladies are, are asking the question, you know, why doesn't this young man, you know, why doesn't he love me the way I want him to love me? Why won't he treat me, you know, nice? Why won't he come around? Why don't he take care of his baby? Why don't he recognize his baby? And that's because they have experienced that brokenness in their their lives and they've seen it happen and we are trying to you know constantly encourage them that they can break that cycle if they would just love themselves first right right and you know it's so true i mean when you look at this broken cycle you have a a a young man that didn't have a father role in his life so exactly. he wouldn't know how to step up. So, and, and it's amazing what you guys are doing. You're actually inserting this example that's missing. And, and that approach to trying to fix or resolve this solution, I think, is what makes this program so effective. Um, and um, all we can do is, um, you know, hope that the children will have a, a better life in the process. But the mothers benefit quite a bit as well because, again, they don't know how to take care of an infant, you know? They right. Don't, they don't know the right things to do as far as their prenatal care until someone tells right. them. Exactly. And and most of the young ladies or, you know, a, a few of them um, have even come to us who were in their fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth month of pregnancy and didn't even know that they were pregnant. And so yet they just figured that they were gaining weight or you know, things were happening, you know, many of them have said, well, you know, I never stopped my menstruation cycle, so I didn't think that anything was wrong. And so now on the scene is is this child, and they don't know the first thing about prenatal care. You know, some of them are still smoking, some of them are still mm-hmm. drinking, some of them mm-hmm. are still doing drugs. And so we have to intervene even on that behalf to try and clean up some of that that negative behavior that that is in their lives and this is a constant everyday thing Uh, it's it's not a let me just go and let me put in a plug it's not a just let me go one thursday and you know show up for a couple of hours these young ladies are so street smart and so savvy that they can see right through the best of us and and Mm. if we're not coming with a sincere heart um, then they say to many of the volunteers and many of the people, y'all just like everybody else. Y'all just want to come in here and, you know, make us your special case, and then you want to go back home to your nice, lavish house, and I got to go back to a group home where, you know, all kind of things are going on, all kind of homosexual acts are being uh, presented, all kind of drugs are being presented, all kind of men are hanging around, and, you know, where prostitution is is rampant and, and, and you're telling me, you know, everything is going to be okay. And um, 
so again, you're dealing with several issues, both physical and emotional mm. issues that these mm. young ladies have to deal with. And so I just want to make that, you know, make that certainly aware to people that it's right. not just, you know, a one-dimensional uh, process that we're dealing with, but we're dealing with every issue from self-esteem to depression to suicide to, mm. you know, not feeling loved to not being loved to not wanting to know why my parents gave me up to, you know, I mean, it, and it goes on and on and on. And so that's why we're in these young ladies' lives constantly. And most of them that are in the program, the program goes from the age of 13 to 19, and they age out at 21. And some of the young ladies have filtered through from 13 all the way up, but yet we've not given up hope on them. And so we're asking that we could get more individuals that can bring their skills and talents that we can, you know, combat this thing efficiently. Wow. Uh, you know, um, I just wanted to clarify something. I think I heard some new information in the statement you just made. So in the group homes that these young girls are living in, not every girl in those homes are in your program? Not every girl is in the program. The, the program is... is uh, 100% voluntary, you know, mm -hmm. we, we can't force any. Now, let me be honest with you again, that there are some young ladies who are in the group home uh, that are in a program that are court-ordered, that they have to go to parenting class, rather that be because um, they've gotten picked up for truancy, rather they've gotten picked up or rather the school has wrecked. Some of them are there under court order, but most of them are there voluntarily. Um, but they're living in group homes. They're living uh, on the streets. They're living with friends or family members from, from place to place. They're, there's nothing a lot of times in these young ladies' lives that are stable save coming to parenting class on Thursday. Some of these young ladies, and, you know, I just want to give you a measure of truth again, some of these young ladies do not eat. Monday through Thursday, but once they come to the parenting class, they know that we start off every parenting class by feeding the young ladies. Some mm. of them suffer because mm. they only have enough money or enough food stamps to feed their children, so they fend for whatever they can Monday through Wednesday or Monday through Thursday evening, and then at 6 o'clock, you know, that's when they say, this is the only hearty meal that I get in a week. I know that's hard to understand and hear today, but we see it every Thursday where some of these girls are coming, you know, not just for the meal, but you have to meet a person at their need first, mm -hmm. and then you can mentor, and then you can, you know, deal with the issues of their life. But if this young lady hasn't eaten in, in a week or maybe missed the parenting classes and hadn't eaten in two weeks, you know, her first and main desire is, is to feed that nourishment, uh, and then she wants to deal with the, the other aspects of her life. And so we have to be careful not to try and uh, mentor to them so much without recognizing what the immediate need in their life is. Wow, so true, so true. And um, Pastor Eddie, um, let's just go ahead and... Um Make sure we, we give the information on Young Lives, the website, and other contact information you want to share with our listeners. Yes, the, the website is www.younglivesdc34.com. You can also go to, and I'm sure Vincent will be able to give us, you can also go to Young Life 
dot com and you can get to it. Um, the the office is is in DC, and so if you ever want to get a hold of the uh, office or the director, you can certainly call uh, Director Sharon uh, at the DC office um, right there. And her uh, number is two zero two three nine nine. Uh, 4017, you can get a hold of her there. Um, but, but it's just a, a way for anyone that wants to help to be able to get in and, and share their time and their talents. Wow, that's great. And um, uh, it was Vincent, was it? Yes, sir, that's correct. Did you want to add uh, anything to that? Uh, I just want to echo a couple of things that Pastor Patton said. Um, consistency is so key the lives of these young girls. Um, and like you said, they can also see through, you know, they can see through the BS. So um, I would encourage people, if you have a heart for volunteering, you know, go for it. If you can only commit to a little bit, as long as you can commit to that and be consistent, um, <clears throat> then there's definitely a need. Also, um, contact Shen. Maybe you can't give of your time, but you can give of your resources uh, or of your finances. Um you can be our greatest asset also in spreading um, this through word of mouth. So maybe you're listening to this show and, you know, all you thought of this whole time is a friend, you know, who would be so interested in this or who would love doing this. Spread the word, spread the website, spread the phone number. Um, and lastly, I would say just pray for us. Um, working in this kind of field, we, we go through a lot, you know, and it's a battlefield. Winning our youth is a battlefield, um, mm. taking care of them. It's a battlefield. So pray for us um, that we would be able to have all the resources and the people um, and the strength that we need. And I just want to add to that as well that um, there are some people out there that may know someone who could help, who could um, just connect the dots for um, some of the folks at Young Lives. And we just are reaching out to you, hoping that you will understand just how important this nonprofit is and impacting the lives of our children. And um, just just think about who you could um, bring to the table to help out this organization. And, um, you know, I, I know a lot of um, my listeners are connected with a, a number of different associations as well as, you know, sororities and fraternities. And I, I just wish you guys would really take a look at uh, the work that Young Lives does. And we are, we are coming up on um, just about eight minutes or so left in the show. And um, Pastor Eddie, you, you did have something else that you, you wanted to um, talk about, but I don't know if we have the time for you to get into that other subject. Maybe you'll have to come back. What do you think? Um, I can certainly come back and, and get into it or, you know, at, at your leisure, uh, we can certainly get into it. Um, but I can, you know, give a segue if you desire. Sure. Yeah. Give us a little bit about what we want to talk about. Well, one of the things that um, we're finding out, uh, especially I'm in the Woodbridge area, and we've been uh, meeting, our ministry has been meeting out of a school uh, in the Woodbridge area, and I had the privilege of going to a, a, a council meeting with the Woodbridge County Supervisor uh, in reference to the fact that they're trying to revitalize the, the Woodbridge district, and they have you know, several blighted buildings or buildings that are ready to be condemned, torn down, 
because the the owner of those buildings have not been keeping up on their taxes. And I was pretty much told uh, we would much rather tear the building down than to give the building uh, to yourself as a ministry um, because we're trying to do something different in the district. And I found that to be very appalling because we're feeding uh, about last year we fed 875 homeless individuals in the Woodbridge area. And I have gone out and done a personal survey to find that there are about 1,600 um, 1600 homeless individuals living in the Woodbridge area, specifically Mm. where our church is. Mm -hmm. And we cannot get the county to give us the help to provide them food and shelter um, from the climates, from the elements, uh, and to get them the nourishment that they need. And I found that to be quite appalling. Wow. And um, what I want you to do is when you come back, I want you to talk a little bit more about these challenges and sort of outline some of the hurdles that are in your way. And um, maybe we can just take a closer look at some of these things and try to figure out if we can't find some other support to resolve some of these issues. Because one of the things that you said is you um, talked about them removing a bus service and you took it upon yourself to go out and buy that kind of transportation. And then you were told what after that yes sir i i, I what what uh, brother fordham is talking about uh is that in prince william county they they removed the bus service for the um seniors in that area and because they removed that bus service for a period of time uh, there were a lot of seniors who couldn't get to their doctor's appointment who couldn't get to the grocery store who you know couldn't just get out to enjoy themselves and uh, as a as a part of our ministry, we went out and bought a 24-passenger bus with two wheelchair uh, positions with a wheelchair lift. And we started bringing some of these seniors that were in the nursing homes to our uh, services, which was at a school. And we were told by the school system, the, the, the principal of that school system, Prince William County, that we could not park our bus on the county property during the services because it would interfere and it would be a form of advertisement. So here they remove the services that would allow the seniors to get out. We go out and get a, a bus to help them get out, and then we're, we're hogtied by the fact that now I can bring them to the service, but I have to park my bus on the street and possibly get ticketed or towed. Wow. Wow. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely have to talk a little bit more about that. And I want to thank you both for coming by. And uh, we have run out of time. I'm glad you were able to sum that up, though. And um, thank you again. And um, special thanks to our producer, Donna Hardiman, and our newest listener from Fiji, who just hit me up on Facebook. And I hope I'm going to pronounce his name right. And it's Anushara Munaswari. Uh, I probably didn't say it right, but you'll correct me. But uh, you've been listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. And, again, special thanks to our producer, Donna Hardiman. And let me – okay, here we go. Okay. I'm Michael Fordham, and you've been listening to A Measure of Truth. But before you hear your go, um, here's a little something to take with you. Ask God for wisdom daily. But know that your lesson can come from anybody or any situation, good or bad, friend or foe. Watch your thoughts. They become words. And watch your words. They become 
actions and watch your actions, they become habits. And watch your habits, they become your character. And watch your character, it becomes your destiny. Until we meet again, take care of what becomes of you. Yeah.